Thank you for listening to this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA for the New Game blog. Today we have Sean Obede, founder of Subeka Ventures, uh, an umbrella organization where you have search funds and corporate VC. And we also have with us today Hashimi Maiga, uh, a current Cambridge MBA student from Mali who's also had extensive experience in Africa. Sean, thanks for joining us. First, could you briefly introduce yourself and the work that you do? Well, thanks, Conrad, and thanks for having me. Um, my work at Sobek Ventures is actually around two crucial points in terms of investing in Africa, um, which is such funds and corporate venturing. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm really focusing on. There is um, other people who are focusing on private equity as well as venture capital, but it's different. So hopefully we can all contribute. Okay. Uh, Sean, can you just tell us what's the business slash investment landscape like in Africa this year or in general? Um, in general, it's 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 quite you know buoyant actually. So if you look at um, you know the Africa venture capital industry has actually um, outperformed over the last ten years. It has outperformed. Um, even the U.S. venture capital industry. So it has an annual, you know, it posted uh, 11 years rate of return for the last 10 years up until, you know, September of last year. So it's, it's, it's quite a um, fast-moving environment, but many people still look at it from, you know, old ways of, of Africa. And um, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's up to you. If you know what you're looking for, the investment, investment landscape in Africa is really, really good. You mentioned corporate VC. I was wondering, could you just tell us what is it and how is it different from the usual VC that people? Sure. Um, so, our corporate ventures are, you know, usually used by large companies who invest off their own balance sheet. So, if you look at, um, and then they take a minority stake in in a company. It tends to be a startup company, either for strategic reasons or for financial gains. So one of the most, or two of the most um, well-known VCs, are, sorry, corporate VC firms are Google Ventures and Intel Capital. And most people have either heard of those two, but perhaps didn't know that they were corporate venture capital firms. Um, but the only, ten, the only difference is they're much investing with strategic reasons, so it doesn't really have to be, um, you know, a well-performing company, but it has to be either strategically aligned to that company in terms of technology or, you know, perhaps even see it as a, as a, as a threat in the future. So you might as well just have, every, you know, have those companies in-house rather than outside. You mentioned Google and, and Intel. Uh, I was wondering what is, in it, what is in it for this corporation? Why do they do this corporate venturing? Sure. But for them, is I mean, they've come to realize um, that um, there's something called open innovation. So open innovation is when you realize that there are so many good engineers out there, there are so many good entrepreneurs out there, and they're not all working for you. And the only way to do that, I mean, to help actually tap into that is to either invest in them. So hence the strategic route of investing strategically to either find companies that are aligned with your sort of current um, ecosystem or find companies that could be um, helped using your current infrastructure. Let's say, for example, for large companies, they tend to be very good at execution, right, but very bad at innovation, whereas small companies tend to be very good at innovation but very bad at execution. So if you marry the two, you actually end up with um, a better system 
that out, uh, helps you as an entrepreneur to actually validate and access, uh, validate your technology, validate your business, and access um, a better way of executing your, your business, and you end up scaling it quite quickly and faster and, and better, basically. Sean, um, you talked about Google Ventures, Intel Capital is the two most prominent uh, corporate VCs in, in Africa. And it's very interesting what you said about how the big companies use corporate VC to tap into uh, new ideas, for example, or innovation. So what's, what are these two corporate VCs looking for in Africa? Are they looking for uh, innovation? Are they looking for companies that can help them break into Africa? I mean, so let me just retract. Basically, the two um, the two companies that I mentioned, um, Google Ventures and Intel, Cap- Intel Capital, are actually the most prominent businesses in the world. Um, they are around 187 um, corporate venture capital firms, but only those two are actually the biggest and most active. Um, but in terms of what they look for, I mean, for Africa, looking for uh, new ways of applying. Uh, business models, because for Africa, it's not really about technology, new technology coming out of Africa, but it's about new technology being used to actually uh, leapfrog um, some of the th- in some of the development that needs to be ha- that needs to happen. For example, I can give you a very good example that most people know when they talk about um, uh, uh, you know micro lending or even just uh, yeah micro or, or mobile. So if you think about East Africa, everybody talks about M-Pesa. But M-Pesa was actually a creation of, uh, it was actually invented in, in Cambridge. And um, it, was, it was through DFID, which is Direct Foreign Investment, which is UK uh, arm of, um, you know, investing outside of the UK. And a combination of them and Vodafone, and then they approached um, a Safaricom, which is actually which actually also has a relationship with Vodafone because they are part of their parent company is Vodacom and Vodacom is part only by Vodafone. So they took the technology of mobile banking and introduced into into Kenya in this case, and they created what it now is you know one of the biggest one of the biggest uh, mobile mobile banking um, infrastructure in the world. So. That's an example of how corporate venturing can help by leveraging existing technology and applying it into, you know, developing markets like Africa, for example, and actually creating a system that changes everything. So, you know, everybody, you know, about half of half of the Kenyan economy now goes through M-Pesa, which is remarkable. So, yeah, perhaps does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. And and what what does success look like to these companies who are doing this corporate venturing thing? What do they say that uh, when they invest in a company, what what do they take as success? Right. So success for them, it depends on their own, you know, objectives, which is once again, which is hard, which is why it's very hard to actually determine, I mean, define what corporate venturing is because there's no unique definition. So different companies invest with their own different uh, strategic reasons. And, for example, if you are Google, you're looking for the next best thing that's coming out of, you know, the places that you're not in yet. Or you're ha- trying to actually find companies that could develop technology that then allows them to um, go back and, and invest, sorry, and go back and use Google products. So sometimes it doesn't have to be directly aligned. It could be indirect. Um, for example, another another quite well-known um, CVC firm is um, 
Unilever. And Unilever actually realized that they were in the business of fast-moving consumer goods, but they wanted to invest in technology because they weren't really kind of clued up on technology. So they invested through their CVC firm um, into technology firms. And those brought in technology that was actually able to change how Unilever did business. So this shows that you can actually, you don't have to invest in companies that are directly in competition or doing what you're doing. But you can also use your balance sheet because you don't have to actually go to raise money from, you know, different limited partners um, and use the funds that you have to actually, you know, tap into different different segments that actually can then benefit your business as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and just one, this topic is really interesting, but just one final thing on corporate venturing. Well, what, what, what's the industry looking like now in Africa? Like what's the status of a corporate VC in Africa? It's, it's pretty much non-existent, which is why, um, which is why I'm, you know, kind of really kind of making inroads to, to make sure that everybody, you know, wakes up to that. So the, out of the 187 um, CVC firms that I mentioned in the world, there's only three that are active on the continent. So there's a big, big gap or big gap or big opportunity going forward. Um, but it's, so, yeah, so basically out, three out of 187 you know, you can do the maths. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, bef- before we um, talk about, say, search funds, I wanted to ask you, though, what, how did you get into this particular sector? I mean, what, what's made it it's so interesting for you, given that, uh, as you say, there are only three uh, CVC firms in Africa? Yeah. Um, well, what got me into this was I've always been keen to actually explore how to really fund innovation. And um, I tried my hand at different things, and it led me to actually realize that it's better to... um, And then I also kind of started another incubator for startups called Founders Hive. And through the companies that I was working with, I noticed that there was a gap in funding when you go beyond um, seed stage and pretty much Series A between... If you go if you go to series B and C, there's actually a lack of funding, and that's also quite evident here in the UK. So it's not just in Africa; it's everywhere. And so it was through looking for different solutions that I came across. I uh, was introduced to um, CVC corporate venturing, and it made a lot of sense because I believe that for each and every big brand, there's actually it has a soulmate somewhere in the startup. You just need to find them and, and do the match. Um, so yeah, and that's how I got into it. <laughs> You've also done some work in terms of uh, search funds. Can you tell us very briefly, A, what is a search fund and what is the sort of uh, industries in Africa that a search fund would be looking at? Yes, so search funds are interesting um, segment because search funds are quite well known in the States, um, especially they were born at Stanford University. And they target MBA graduates and professionals who, have, who don't have experience in a certain industry but have the skills to go in and execute given their past experiences. So, for example, and then they target a family-run business between, so you're talking about 5 to 10 million, and, um, and just put in a team, and, and that team comes in and changes or work alongside the management team, the existing management team, to actually now create or scale the existing business. So if you think about the fact that 70% of, you know, in, in this case for Africa, 70% of African um, students who are studying in all the top Ivy League schools, according to Jakarta Partners, they want to go back home and they want to be entrepreneurial. Whether it's being entrepreneurial in a farm or 
or not. Um, we realized that actually there should be a better way of, 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 of helping these graduates actually get into businesses. I.e., if you want to buy a family business now, if you, if you go back to, you know, let's say to Kenya or South Africa or, or whatever part of Africa you're from, it's very hard for you to actually go in and buy a business and a small business because there's no, there's no existing structure of vehicles that allow you to do that. However, through such funds, it becomes easier to actually approach businesses, but also have a structure through which to do business. And when I looked at um, the industry and I spoke to everybody who is interested in this space, um, it made sense to me that, um, once again, this applies to Africa, you know, quite you know, ready-made for Africa, because 95% of African SMEs are family-run businesses, because there was no prior, so bigger corporations get involved apart from oil, of course. Um, but for the normal, so 95% of businesses are family-run, and those are typical targets for such funds. However, there is no one actually coordinating all these activities, hence why um, we kind of took the initiative <laughs> to go ahead and coordinate it, because given the numbers of people going back into Africa, looking for new opportunities, so that makes sense. And the second part is to actually look at the infrastructure required. Um, there's loads of money going in, once again, but for such funds, they tend to target um, companies that are either too small for PE, for IE, for private equity, or it's too late for venture capital. So, and then um, unless you actually go to a bank and, and require, I mean, and, and pretty much take money to expand the business, um, you're actually not going to expand those businesses. And I believe that the core part of the African ecosystem, it should be or is the SMEs, same as here. So um, it needed a different approach. And actually, how do we go in and, and, yes, invest in these businesses, but at the same time, combine the skills that is coming out of the diaspora um, and using that with existing opportunities to actually scale these businesses. So, for example, you can go into um, Mali, for example, and buy the biggest supermarket that you can find. I guarantee you it's not going to be on the scale of Tesco's. But using <laughs> using um, the model of Tesco's, you can actually now see what can happen. So you take an existing local company and you, you kind of expand it and scale it. An example I can give you of that as well is that most people know of is Nando's. Nando's was a family business, but it was bought by two guys and actually expanded into what we know it today as as a franchise. So it is possible to take African brands and make them, you know, global global names. It just has to be done right. Okay, and just finally, I I, I was wondering if you could just give some general advice on, for example, if someone who someone who wants to work in this industry? Yeah, my advice is very simple. Basically, you have to be committed because it's not really for the faint-hearted. But at the same time, the rewards are there, I believe. And if you look at, you know, the growth figures over the next 10, 15, 20 years, um, you know, there's nowhere on the world, in the world that you're going to have more than 5 to 6% apart from Africa. So if you were committed enough and, you know, um, and understand the opportunities that are available, um, you, ju you just have to basically go for it. <laughs> That's my, my advice. 
That's a very good piece of advice, uh, Sean. And um, I'm sure you're going for it uh, with Subic Ventures. And Hashimi and I and everyone here would like to wish you all the best uh, in that in that venture. No, thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Thank you.